behind the shades. Clubhouse. I've been doing I've been doing some uh shared yeah mentoring on there. So it's an it's that's something new for me. So yeah. Perfect. You know what? I've heard about it and I'm kind of excited to try it, but I don't know a lot about it. So maybe you can help mentor me so I can sure. become more sure. knowledgeable. Yeah, sure. I just had to sure. sneak that had to sneak that in there. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> definitely. Has, uh, I had to ask too, so, you know, it was de- it's definitely very new. Um one cool thing about it is just audio. So, okay. um, yeah, so it's nice. You could kind of see like tonight I have, I'm co-hosting at 10 PM my time. So, um, so it's, I don't have to worry about, it. I could stay in my pajamas and <laughs> have to worry about what I look like. So, yeah, I know gone are the days where you kept the, the camera from the chin up, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So you okay? So what I'll do is I'll pick your brain on that after after sure. later on um, sure. because I know it's new and I've heard good things. It sounds like it's an exciting platform where people are very engaged, right? It's it is. It's very it's nonstop. So be prepared that once you sign up, you'll get notifications. And um, but it's a really nice platform, and I think the fact that it's not on camera. Um, people feel uh, they feel like they want to share more. You know, there's kind of that if you don't, you know, you feel less vulnerable if no, if someone's mm-hmm. not looking at you. So um, there's a lot of great information and great, um, great, great things going on there. I really like it. I'm I'm building my uh, building my platform. So, but I do follow a lot. And then I've been asked in the past. I, I kind of got a, a wave of people asking me for podcasts and for uh, for to jump on there as well, which I'm very grateful for. I will never <laughs> complain about that. So <laughs> see, there you go. So I feel blessed to have her on yeah, my show. Well, thank you. There we thank go. You so, much. <laughs> so I guess we'll officially get started. And I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Shades. I have Marie with us today. And why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and about yourself? Sure. Uh, as you said, my name is Marie Hernandez. I am a am first a women's empowerment coach, and I'm a digital entrepreneur, business coach, and an expert in sponsored travel. Essentially, what that means is I I show people who love travel, whether they're retreat leaders or travel bloggers or entrepreneurs, digital entrepreneurs, how to incorporate sponsored travel, which is an exchange of service um, into their repertoire, into what they offer, um, and it helps businesses uh, globally that, that in the tourism realm. But my biggest passion and my love is my new program that I started last year, which was um, called From There to Here. And that's a program for women 45 and over who find themselves starting over, much like I did. I started over at 50. I found myself in a position to start over at 50. And um, was scary and it was it was you know I had already started a business before and that was going well but you know when when something emotional and tragic happens to you you know you kind of you're off balance and you don't know what to do and and so um, that's why I call it from there to here because there's that kind of big gulf you don't know you know, you know what your passions are we are all born with passion we all born with something that we love to do and that that brightens our day but when we're in pain and kind of lost in self-limiting beliefs and doubts and you know just the pain of what might have happened 
Uh, we don't know how to bridge that gap. We don't know how to come over from there. So that's that's the program that I offer um, for women. And it's been wonderful. It's been a beautiful journey um, that I get to walk with some of the most amazing women that I've met. So yeah, I love it. Perfect. So tell us a little bit from there to here in regards to yourself, Marie, because you mentioned starting over. So what were you starting over from for those who don't know your journey, maybe as well as I may know it? Sure, absolutely. So at 50 years old, I had turned 50 in August of 2015. And one month later, I literally uh, everything that I thought was my life was was not. I, I'm still thinking they're going to turn this into a movie. Because it's one of those things that just what? So yeah, I um, I had moved to Singapore with my then husband to support him in his job. He worked for a big bank and I gave up everything in the US, my job. I was a video director and editor, uh, freelance, and I was doing really well at it. And I gave that up. I sold my house and I have six children and I moved away from them. It was supposed to only be for a year. It turned into be, to, out to be six. So the entrepreneur in me started a travel blog, which then I took it to the nth degree as I tend to do sometimes. And it was getting notoriety and I was, uh, you know, I was being interviewed by big people and, um, you know, traveling the world on sponsorship, mostly in Southeast Asia, being wined and dined. It was just amazing. And in one, I mean, literally in a nanosecond, um, I found out that my life was nothing nothing, nothing that, you know, my, that, that it had, that I thought it was. Um, I was on my third marriage. I thought it was the love of my life. I thought that everything that I had been through before was led me to this wonderful man who, who seemingly on the surface treated me like I was a queen. And then I found out that, you know, infidelity was involved and, 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 you name it, it was involved. He was engaged to someone else and planning a wedding with a third person and dating someone else and on all kinds of pornographic sites. And I mean, it was just terrible. And then I found out he was in like almost $200,000 in debt that I had no idea about. And, you know, I found that out all in like a nanosecond. And so um, I literally went into a depression and I just, you know, I, I, I was really, to be honest with you, it was terribly embarrassed you know at 50 years old your life is supposed to kind of be settled you kind of know you're where you're going and heading and planning for and uh, the rug was ripped out from under me I had no idea and I was mortified I was very embarrassed and very um you know the the self-limiting thoughts in my head were like how are you going to start over who's going to ever want you again where where do you go from here you know I couldn't even get back from, you know, back to the US because I found out we literally had no money to do so. So I just curled up, you know, curled up in bed and, and he was off on a business trip. And I realized, you know, you'd failed at everything. You failed at being a mother, you failed at being a wife, you failed yourself, you know, you failed. So why go on? So I had a bottle of pills in my hand and a glass of water and another one. And I was sitting at the end of the bed and I was like, this is the way to stop the pain. I'm just going to stop the pain and be done with it. You know, I'm not of any use for anybody else and not myself, clearly. And I know it sounds like a cliche and I know it sounds like a movie or a script, but this literally happened to me. I heard a voice as clear as I hear yours that said, you're not done. And I remember almost turning around. I knew I was alone, but that's how clear it was for me. And I just started crying and I rushed to the bathroom and flushed the pills 
And then I curled up in bed for two weeks. I just couldn't, I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. But I knew somewhere back there, you know, uh, in my soul, I, I wanted more. Like, listen, you have to fix this. You have to, you have to get up. You have to, you know, take one step forward. And so I did little by little, you know, it's, it's, I know that everybody heals in their own time. I know that everybody had, no, there's no right or wrong time. But little by little, you know, I, I remember the, the only thing I could do for a while was watch reruns of Ellen. <laughs> you know, she made me smile. So for a few seconds, I could I could actually bring a smile to my face. And, and then I realized, you know, if I could do that, I can maybe, you know, watch YouTube videos of the big guys like, you know, Tony Robbins and people who inspire Wayne Dyer. I, I, I did plenty of that, listening to that. And then I was able to get up and eat something and I got into nature and slowly over the weeks, I was able to get to a point where I could, I said, okay, there's, there's gotta be more for me. There's gotta be more. So it took about six months to all for all the legal stuff to happen. And for me to sell what I could to actually get a ticket to get back to the U S and I went back and uh, I went to my parents, you know, I, I went, you know, every everybody wants to go home, wants their parents to take care of them in a situation like of this. It's safe. Parents are it's safe. safe. It's yeah. safe, right? You know, you want to, and the little girl and me wanted them to make it all better. You know, there you <laughs> go. bring that smile better. back to your face. Yeah, Absolutely, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I was, I, I was trying to put the pieces together, not really sure what I was going to do. And I, I was walking with my father on the beach, and. You know, my parents are my parents and I love them. They are who they are. And, and I remember walking on the beach with my father and he looks at me and he says, what did you do to make him cheat? And that was like a donkey kick to the stomach, you know, like, oh. and, but I wasn't angry. It, immediately I said, girl, you got to do this yourself. You have to do this yourself. You know, you, you can't rely on anybody to save you. You have to, you have to play a part in your own save, you know, in your own rescue. So I dove into looking for a coach. I said, I, I need, I, I need help. I do. I need help by, for somebody who could help me, you know, uh, weather this storm and, and bridge that gap, you know? So I desperately started looking for someone. Um, and I found somebody that really resonated with me. I loved her. We immediately connected and she told me, you know, how much the, you know, a, a three month program would be. And I remember going to my bank account and there was 16 cents in it. <laughs> and I thought, uh, what else? <laughs> more, more than me on some days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh my goodness. Okay. So what are you going to do? You know, and I had no idea where another dollar was going to come from, but I did have um, a following and a business that I had started that I kind of put in the back of the burner. And I had a collection of Stephen King books <laughs> that I first editions that I loved. I just loved his, his writing and I had followed him for so long. Um, it, it was like gutting. I was like, there, there's, I have to try and sell them. There's, there's my coaching. So I did that. I started back with slowly with my own business, going back and reaching out to people and trying that and 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 I did sell my books and I made enough to hire her and what a life-changing you know that was just amazing to have a, the guidance and the mentorship that she provided for me but I did the work you know I I did the work and I realized something very quickly is I was the common denominator in the failures of my life 
or the perceived failures, because I don't see them as failures now, I see them as lessons. But I was that common denominator. It was me in every situation and every circumstance, I made those choices. Nobody forced me to marry the men that I married. Nobody forced me to leave my children, you know, and go to a different country. Nobody forced me to do anything. And I also realized that I was giving the responsibility of my happiness to someone else. When in fact, that was That's my right. responsibility. You know, it was my responsibility to make me happy, mm. to take control over my happiness. Because if, if I can't be happy with me, I can't expect anybody else to be happy with me. So it was a very self, uh, it was a deep dive. And it, it was a very self-aware, you know, so being self-aware and being able to point the finger at myself and say, okay, I accept who I am. I accept the imperfections, and now let's move forward. But the biggest change for me was when I made the decision that I was going to um, do this, take some time to heal on my own, because I had gone from home, my childhood home, to my marital home, to a marital home, to a marital home, back to my childhood home, and to my children. I was going through the different homes of my children. They're grown with, with their own kids. But I'd never been by myself. So I said, I'm going to take some time, do what I need to do. I got a few clients. I was able to get enough money. And I got this beautiful villa in this with a family that was Airbnb, doing an Airbnb on the side of a mountain in Tuscany. And I stayed there for three months. And I just dove into, you know, healing myself and working with my coach and walking in nature and being grateful for every last breath that I was able to take. And that was really, really the shift and the change. And I made a promise. I said, I am going now to create a life in which I can give back in service and help other people. And so that's what I've been doing. But yeah, it, it starts with that self-awareness and that ability to, to recognize, you know, that you are responsible for every decision that you make, good and bad, and, and being able yeah, to- Yeah, and here we are today because that's what it, and I think that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. And I was mentioning it to someone today where if you look at it like a mirror and you're taking that mirror and you're turning it on yourself and you're seeing your imperfections, you're seeing um, the issues, you're seeing the pain, you're seeing a lot of these things that we time, that we tend to put to the side because it's scary to address some of the issues and it's scary to accept the responsibility of saying that maybe some of the things that is happening to me i am playing a role in it Absolutely. right yeah. i am picking the bad person to be around me i'm picking the wrong person to love and mm -hmm. going to people seeking comfort love and companionship but they don't want those things and nor do they want to give it to me. And I gave someone the example, this must have been last year, where I broke down the people in your life to about three people. You have the person that you know in your heart that will always be there for you, but you may not speak to them every day. Meaning that when you have a crisis, when you have a situation, you know, as soon as you pick up your phone, I'm calling Deborah down the street to help right. me out. And then there's a friend that you call that anytime you want to have an outing. Let's say you're throwing your party and it's going to be the biggest event in the world. 
that's the person you call right. you call you call jane in the other city and then there's that friend that is always around you but you may not necessarily know why they're around you either that you know what they're good company they're good laughs but you begin to realize that maybe there isn't a real benefit to this person other than they're just around to be around right. and i think hearing your story um, and you painted the example that when you went back home, because you're looking for that safety, you're looking for something familiar with your parents, it kind of turned when the question was posed to you. So what did you do right. to make this situation happen? And although they may have said it in good faith, that probably was the point where you took a step back and you said, I don't really want to hear this now, but what did I bring to this life that has put me in a situation to be hurt, not once, not twice, but three times. Because there's a lot of men and women that would say, I've been divorced once. I don't really want to get married a second time. You got married a second time. I've been divorced a third time, a second time. I don't want to get married a third time. There's a lot of people who would have trepidation going down that aisle one, two, three times. But you found the courage, you found the strength. Were you? surprised or did you always expect that you would bounce back that you had the strength inside of you to carry forward and become the woman you are now despite you doing all this at 50 and, and later on in life i did not i didn't expect to be i didn't expect at that point for that to happen at all actually i was i was that girl that wanted to get married and, and stay married a hundred years you know that's what i wanted but again, I think um, each one of those perceived failures, and I don't like to use the word failure because I don't think anything is a failure. If you're trying and you, you're working towards something and it doesn't work, that's okay. It doesn't work. So it's interesting that you asked that question because with each, with each marriage, I, I went into it. I wanted to go into it. I wasn't afraid. I didn't carry the pain from the marriage before into that one. I was able to bring myself into it. But what I was doing again was seeking happiness. I was, I was, I, I, in my mind, I would say, I'm going to love them so much that they're going to love me the way that I want to be loved. And of course that never works. That, that, that you have to, <laughs> right. So that, that's when I realized after my third divorce, that's, this when I really took a good look and I wish that I had the courage or that the knowledge to actually hire, you know, a coach before that, because then I could have, but I believe that it, this journey had to happen in the way that it happened for me to be the person that I am today. I do not believe that it had, if, if any other turn in the road or decision or marriage that I didn't have, I just still don't think that I would be this person. I think it it was divinely, you know, mapped out for me to experience what I experienced so that I could be this person and I can help other people through those experiences. And that's probably where you would pull your energy and everything from is your experience because exactly. it sounds like the person you are today is not necessarily the person you were during the second marriage or the first marriage. Not at all. Right. Not, Do you not even back? the third marriage. <laughs> I'm completely <laughs> different than from that person too. I am a, a completely different person. Yeah. And this is probably more of like a reflective question. Sure. Um, are you happy with the person that you see in the mirror today? One hundred percent. I I am. I have the greatest love affair that I've ever had in my life, and it's with myself. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I am 100% happy. And do I want to continue to grow and continue to learn? Absolutely, because it can only be better. So yeah, that's that's my answer is yes, 100% happy. <laughs> uh, and looking forward to to growing and learning more. She gave it a strong yes. And that's what um, <laughs> you you want to hear because it must have been tough, right? I'm, I'm taking uh, a stance as I'm putting myself in a situation um, because dating, long-term, and marriage, three different steps to that. And it's three different situations. But I would say that regardless of who you are and how strong you may be or how emotional distance you may be out of control, Anytime a relationship ends, there's always a period that you do some analysis of yourself and you begin to, as you mentioned, have self-limiting beliefs. But we have to bounce back and we have to not bring it into the next because you are not defined by your by your relationships. I'm not defined by my relationship. We define ourselves. And do you find the the men and the women that you deal with? Is that something that is difficult to get across to them to say that you are more than the relationships that didn't work out the way you wanted them to be? Because instead of calling them failures, there were lessons. Now you know better to do better, to continue forward, to be better. Yes. In the beginning, when I'm working with them, because I'm that's the stage in which I work with them. They're, they're in that pain and they have no idea how to come out of it. They're kind of circling the drain. Um, not sure, you know, they, they, they know what they love, they know passion, but they don't know how to stop the pain, how to, that was that point in which I was in, you know, curled up in bed for two weeks and then just not really knowing. So that's the point they're in. So in the very beginning, when we start to work with each, with, when I start to work with them, they can't see that, you know, it's, it's kind of, we start with, there's three stages with them. So they start off wanting to constantly blame you know, what happened to them on the other person. And that's just, you know, that's kind of natural. Now I want to blame the other person because it's hard to point the finger at yourself. And just, and here's the thing is, did I deserve what happened to me? What he did to me? No, but I still made the choice in the beginning to be with him, to stay with him and to love him. And now, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. There, There's a reason they say that because I now realize there were red flags, but I didn't want to pay attention to them because if I paid attention to them, then that would mean, oh my gosh, I'm heading towards another failure. I don't want that. So we we take a deep dive in the stories that they're telling themselves and the self-limiting beliefs, but also we dive into their 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 the beautiful parts of them too. And the parts that maybe they're not seeing because they're drowning in in the pain and the sorrow and the finger pointing. So it's a process that we go through, but when they, we first start to work together, no, they don't see that at all. It's it's kind of, you know, like I'm never going to get out of this and it's separating what's true. One of the biggest questions I have them ask themselves all the time in any situation and, and over and over is, is this true? Like when you come to where you're going to blame somebody else or you're going to get angry or you're even self, you know, self-defeating thoughts, is this true? And you have to answer honestly. And ninety percent of the time, it's not true. You know, it's it's a story we're telling ourselves uh, to. And you know, we don't want to tell ourselves bad stories, but we do. It's so much easier to believe the bad than it is to believe the good. It's just the way human beings are. 
And that's what takes us time to understand when we disconnect because the red flags for a lot of us, it's like if someone has it in their hand and they're waving in our face and we're so oblivious because we may be in love. The person may make us feel nice. They may nice say, they may say nice things. They may shower us with gifts, mm-hmm. with love, with attention. And when we take a step back from it and we are no longer in the situation, then we can say what? Oh, there's this, 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 this. The yeah. list is endless, right? Mm-hmm. But when we're in it and when we are blinded by what we feel or maybe... And I, and I think you touched on this when we're dependent mm-hmm. on the person for our source of happiness, mm-hmm. we don't want to see it. It's like if you and I were in a relationship and there's things that you're doing that bothers me, there's things that I'm doing that bothers you, but I'm dependent on you as a person because I don't have the self-love, the self-happiness that I should have before we got together. I'm looking to you to correct the deficiencies I have in myself. Is this something else that the women experience when you're trying to empower them to be better? Absolutely. Yes, it's absolutely that. It's And it it is 100% fear-based. It's when you think about it, it's very, it's very scary. And, um, you know, none of us, we, we have that fight or flight type of, of, and that comes innate in us. You know, it comes from, you know, we have a, what is it? A billion year, billion, nine billion year old brain that was designed to protect us from the saber toothed tiger, you know, but nowadays, you know, it's still there DNA wise, but nowadays we know better and we don't have those, but we fear Fear keeps us stuck for every aspect, whether it's a love, love or whether it's business or whether whatever it is, it keeps us stuck. And many of my, almost every woman that comes to me, I tell them, you know, look at it this way. You are uncomfortable. You are comfortable in the uncomfortable. They know that they're uncomfortable, but the fear of stepping out of something of the uncertainty and what they don't know keeps them stuck right there. So it's, it's a matter of, bringing to them and un- helping them understand what they're uncomfortable about, what their fears are, what their self-limiting beliefs are, and helping them shift and write a new story. Because again, that's that story they're telling them. I can't do this. I don't have enough this. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too short. I'm too fat. You know, fat. I'm not the right color. I'm not the right sex. You know, that's that's what they have. Um, and, it's the, and it could come from childhood. It could come from cultural you know, from their culture, it can come from their religion, it comes from many things. But when you break it down and you help them understand, 99.99% of the time, it's fear-based. It's very rarely anything more than just fear. Fear of the unknown. We, we as humans need to have certainty. You know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to take the risk on the, on the, uh, um, to, to make what, to invest in money in something that we don't know we're going to get a return on. It's the same in everything. So that's the, that's the key is helping them to break that down and helping them see that so that they can make that shift and say, Oh, okay, this is just fear. It's a story I'm telling myself. Yes, I was hurt, but I can overcome that. And what's the story that you're writing for yourself now? 
I'm curious. Ah, yeah. So, and, and it's nice because I'm a firm believer when you put it out there, the universe aligns to make sure it comes to you. So right now what I'm working on is by the end of the year, I'll have a book published. So I'm working with a, with a, a ghostwriter and a publisher now to produce that. I am also, my dream is I go back to Italy every year with the exception of last year. Uh, it's now my heart home. I have a connection there. Um, I do believe that I've been there before. I do believe that I had a life there before. The connection, I've been to 53 countries so far, but the connection to Italy is so strong that um, it's undeniable. And so I'm going with that. My my uh, my dream is to buy a villa there so that I can have cults, I can have retreats there for these women to come together and, and work in person with each other and also to live there on a permanent basis and just come back and forth. So that's my dream. And also too, to uh, to find the true love of my life. He's out there looking for me as well. So yeah, that's, I call him my forever man. <laughs> He's out there <laughs> looking for me too. So, so yeah, but now I know I'm coming to him as whole as I can be. There's no more. I don't need someone to make me happy. We'll come together and create a, a beautiful life together. So um, yeah, so that's, that's what's on the uh, that's what's on the horizon for me. That, that's nice because you have because now you're doing it at a time where you mentioned your whole. And for those that are listening, um, and this is not me pointing to your age, but I mentioned the age because you can do it at any point in your life. You don't have to be exactly. 20, 30, 40, or a thousand years old. No. You reach, everyone's journey is different. You would reach it at the age you did. I would reach it at my age, so on and so forth. And I want everyone to understand that don't feel that when you hit a certain age, you have to give up and you feel like you're quote unquote settling, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you're adapting to what's around you and you're saying that this is what I went through at this point in time. I maybe didn't have the tools to navigate the waters appropriately to avoid this outcome. Now that I'm older, more experienced, wiser, I've obtained more tools to protect not only myself, but what I value. Now I can go out there and present a better version of myself to the forever man. So everyone listening, go find your forever man and for your forever woman. Sorry. That's something that we want them to find. And when you share that message, Marie. How important is it to you, one, to find, or I'll rephrase like this, how important was it for you, one, to find the happiness you have now, and two, to be able to help others find the happiness that you're experiencing that makes you feel so complete? It, to break those, those two questions up, it was, it was the most important thing in my life and continues to be to, to find that happiness in with myself, to fall in love with myself, to truly love who I am and to continue that. I guard that very, very protectively. I, I set boundaries I, with people, with places, with things that don't serve me. I've learned that it's okay to do that. My previous self would have been, oh my gosh, you're so selfish. Selfishness <laughs> has nothing to do with self-love and to set boundaries to protect that you know, I, I'm, I'm an energetic person. And so if, if I don't feel energetically or aligned with someone, I, in a beautiful way, 
I bless them and I send them on the way, but I don't connect with them and I can feel it. I, I trust my intuition so much more than I ever have. And going forward, um, you know, finding somebody and finding people, the, the people that come into my life and then, you know, my forever man, that happiness, I won't compromise that for anyone. And so I, I know that the right person will understand that, value that as well and help me protect that. Be, and I, and I, I hope that he protects it with himself too. He, he will because I won't be aligned with somebody who doesn't. So I, that's the most important thing. To help other women is my passion and my life goal. I, I cannot see myself doing anything more than that. It is so important for me because it's so needed, especially nowadays as well. Women in general tend to give more because we're just maternal that way. It's we're designed to. And we forget about ourselves. We forget about our desires. We forget about our dreams because we're mothers and we're daughters and we're spouses and you know we're we're school teachers. Whatever we are, we give of ourselves naturally, and we we give ourselves things last. You know, we put it last. And it's important to know that you can have that balance, but you have to put yourself first because you cannot be to other people what you can't be to yourself, no matter how hard you try. And so when we realize that and we know that self-love and self-care and setting boundaries and keeping fiercely to that happiness, protecting that happiness is what we need to make the world a better place, it's just a natural, it's just a natural progression. And so that is my goal and my dream is to um, worldwide, that's why I will continue to travel and, and the beautiful life that I've created for myself allows me to coach anywhere. And so I, I love that ability to do that and to bring, you know, to be able to share my my um, gifts with everybody, with any woman anywhere in the world. So, yeah. Do you see a little bit of yourself in each of the women you help? I do, especially when they, they all get to that point where they have an aha moment and I see it in their eyes and love I that. see when love they that. love themselves. And I, I feel that I've given a piece of myself to them and it's just a beautiful and amazing feeling. It really is. It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's hard to articulate because I, I see it and it's a feeling and I just know, you know, I have done something amazing for them. They've done the work, but I, to be able to guide somebody to that, that moment when they realize, yes, I'm good enough to have and be and do anything I want. It's just, it's beautiful. It's yeah. Beautiful you have gift. a unique, you have a unique perspective because you get to replay the happiness you felt in your own life with each and every yes. woman that comes in contact with you. It's yeah. like this continuous cycle of joy. Is that like an accurate way to describe it? It absolutely is. That's exactly how it is. It's a, it's continual joy. It really is. And it's just, it's just an amazing feeling an amazing gift that I've been given to, to be able to do this. So. Is there any last words you'd like to share with us, Marie, before we close today? Just, I want to really, and everybody, it's not just specific to women. It's, it's everybody just know, just know that, that you deserve love, that you deserve happiness. We are born in these perfect bodies and not until someone tells us that we're not perfect or that we're not good enough or that we can't have or be or do anything we want, do we know otherwise. That's why I love watching children. You know, they believe that the fork they're building protects them from the dinosaurs in the living room. You know, I love that because they really believe it. To have that child, to keep that child like look on the rest of the world and know 
that you deserve to be happy. You know, know that it is your divine right to be loved and to love and to love yourself unselfishly, to put yourself first. If only we could continue to see the world through the eyes of how a child sees it, the bliss, the innocence, the removal of negativity. It's such a beautiful experience. It's gorgeous. I love it. I love it. I'm I'm having an 11th grandbaby in August and each one of them, it's wonderful to watch them, to watch them grow and to see that innocence, the way they see the world and Everything is amazing to them. That's how I I wish we could all keep that because that's what would make the world a beautiful place.